Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Start talking. <laughs> I think more, more than anything else. <laughs> John Fricky with you till uh, 2 o'clock this afternoon. So we have four long hours. Well, they're not going to actually be long. They kind of fly by. But we have four hours to talk together because uh, if you know that on my show, the way I kind of work this is um, I, occasionally I'll have a guest uh, once in a blue moon. But for the most part, you're the guest. Uh, because when I first got into talk radio, after all my years in television, um, I, I was attracted to talk radio because I wanted to talk to the listeners, to the fans and have a conversation and that's one of the reasons then then i left i was at the network at fox sports radio and i I left the network there to to come back to local radio and i wanted to talk to the fans of atlanta which is why 11 and a half years ago or whatever it is now um when 92 on the game went on the air yeah about 11 and a half years um i i i called uh, terry fox and said hey i want to be part of this because there's only two people that are left from from day one carl dukes and myself uh, because I wanted to talk to the fans of Atlanta because I'm an Atlanta guy. And so I, I get an opportunity. They said, hey, you know, you want to do some of these weekend shows? I said, yeah. And then I can go back to talking to the fans. because And there's nothing wrong with doing Monday through Friday shows. But you, you'll notice as you listen to Monday through Friday, and they you know, all do a great job, uh, as Hugh and I did for all those years, uh, what, eight, nine years, uh, is that they're they're kind of highly produced. You know, and, and so the producers on the weekend say, hey, what are you doing on the show? Because they're so used to having rundowns and highly produced shows. Now, I have a kind of an outline for the show, but I don't per se have a rundown. I mean, I'll do the kind of the headlines at the beginning of the show and then reset that at noon. And we're going to talk about the Falcons and we're going to talk about the Hawks and we're going to talk maybe a little bit. I don't know if we'll get to it. We'll talk about the Braves, about something somebody said to me about the Braves. But really, this is about you and I talking. So as I bring up a topic, I want you to know, and this is kind of a long-winded way of saying this, that whatever is on your mind, we spent a lot of time yesterday talking about how Super Conference is coming. And by the way, it's coming. Super Conference is coming fast, okay? Because the Big Ten and the SEC are going to meet. They're going to have this advisory committee, and they're going to shake hands. Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, and, uh, and Greg Sankey, the commissioner of the SEC. And once they do... Katie, bar the door, because you, if you're Georgia Tech, you better be on the phone. I'm just saying, it's it's coming, and it's coming quicker than you think. Two years max, maybe next year. It's it's going to come that fast. And so, the you know, the two big leagues have said, that's it, we're, we're out, we're, we're checking out here. A couple of things spurred that, uh, the Tennessee lawsuit, which is just stupid beyond words. The Tennessee, not, 
having to file a lawsuit against the NCAA for something that's just ridiculous. And, uh, you know, the whole Florida State Grant of Rights thing. So, uh, you know, th- this has kind of spurred this whole movement here to uh, to go to that. Anyway, so if you want to talk about that, we can. Now, as we get into the headlines, last night at State Farm Arena, I don't know what to make. Eric Slaughter, uh, good morning to you. i got to ask you a quick question. How you doing, Bob? I'm doing splendidly well. How are you? Sound good this morning. Okay. Yeah, all right. So did, did you see the game last night? I did, man. Overtime was a heck of a situation. Yeah, I, how about that? I mean, so uh, the um, Golden State Warriors had a prayer buzzer beater at the end of the first quarter from midcourt, right? Okay. Uh, Luis Quinones does, right? And so they're up by five. Mm-hmm. And But then it's the Hawks rally. They, it's tied at halftime, 64 to 64. Then it's tied at the end of the third quarter, 89-89. to Then it's tied at the end of regulation, 123-123. to (laughs) Fourth quarter, overtime, all all Hawks. Hawks. All Hawks. Hawks. First first 11 points of the the overtime, the Hawks score first 11 of the overtime, game's over. And so the Hawks beat the Warriors 141-134. to So, Eric, if I had told you going into that game Mm -hmm. that Steph Curry would have had 60 points, 60 Second time in this homestand that a, an opposing player's had at least 60 because Luka had 73 in that opener, that if Steph had scored 60 points, what would you have given me for the Hawks winning that game? I would have gave you probably 5% chance at the most. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they did. Yeah. And yeah. they got they got production through and through. Big night for Jalen Johnson. Clint Capella. Okongwu was great last night. And, 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 and DeJounte Mary's clutch. DeJounte Mary is clutch. Let's give this and man some kudos. Clutch, clutch, clutch. I, you know, he was terrible all night long, right? Yeah. Until the end. To the end. To the and end. Then he ma- yeah, Regulation right. he makes and overtime. Shot. Right. Right. And he makes a shot with four seconds to go. Then in, in overtime, he, he gets two quick buckets to, to spur this whole 11 nothing run. And so DeJounte Murray, who had been just butt all night long until he gets to the end of the game. And, of course, he's won, what, you know, two games. Now he's tied one for this team. And they've won four in a row. Yeah. There, so the big qu- question here is, what's going to happen now? Because the trade deadline is Thursday, tick, and we hear all tick, the rumors tick, about tick, DeJounte Murray. Tick, 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 tick. The clock is ticking. Right. Yeah. Now, I'm going to ask you this question real quick, John. Do you think the game would have changed any outcome? Jalen Johnson had a uh, wide-open shot there at the end of regulation, and he was real hesitant. Think he's still a confident staying because he's a young guy? What do you think? You know, I mean, if he didn't feel it, he didn't feel it. If he wasn't said, he wasn't said. I, I mean, I don't think Jalen has a problem taking a shot. I mean, I, I, because you know, I mean. I'm watching that, he's at the elbow of the free throw line. I'm like, pop that. He then he passes it off to Dejounte. Dejounte's like, man, I got to make a move. We got two seconds, and clutch he was. I, I'm, yeah, I don't. Clutch he was. Johnson had a great night going. I'm like, I don't think they set the play up for him. But then he gets the ball wide open on the elbow of the free throw line. I'm like. Why did you pass that up, young man? Why? Thankfully, DeJounte bailed him out, thankfully, and then, woo, overtime. I, lo- I was eating something. I think I was uh, I was watching that Taco Mac. Shouts out to Taco Mac. You know, we didn't pay him for that, but I love going there. I looked down, and I looked back up, and we're up eight points in overtime. I'm like, I, I took a bite of my taco. What happened? <laughs> right. Yeah, it was pretty quick. First couple of minutes of overtime, once they – Got going in overtime, and and the Warriors made a big nine seconds into overtime made a big mistake. They challenged a call on an offensive foul, which they should never have done. So they had no timeouts. I mean, literally, like no timeouts left, and so they couldn't stop the clock. And once the eleven zero run happened, it was it was pretty much over. So the Hawks win one forty one one thirty four. Steph gets sixty. 
Twice, twice in the homestand, the six-game homestand, the Hawks have given up 60 points or more to one player in the opposing team. And that was at Lucas 73 uh, in the opening game. And we had said going into the six-game homestand, we had said, all right, the Hawks have to go at least four and two. You got to go. You got a six-game homestand to salvage your season. You got to go at least four and two. And in the opening game, Luca scores seventy-three, and they lose the game. And you're like, "Oh my God, how how can they win four of the next five? Well, it, as it turns out, they can win five of the next five if they beat the Clippers tomorrow night, because they went out there and they beat Toronto. Okay, they beat Toronto. Toronto's not not, not no good. No Siakam, they're not no good. But then back to back to back, they take out LeBron and the Lakers. They take out KD and the Suns. They take out Steph and the Warriors, back to back to back. Some of the elite teams of the West. And now you got, aren't the Clippers currently ranked like number one in the power rankings? Mm-hmm. Clip, the Clippers have done very, really, really good things on the Tyron Lou. So these are quality victories over Western Conference power teams. So, you know, good, good way to close out the first, uh, as we get closer to the All-Star game, the first half of the season. So uh, we're going to start with the Hawks tonight because, you know, I got it tonight. Pardon me. This afternoon, this morning. Um, I'll get it right at some point. Um, it is 10 a.m. I just woke up. You have to, you know, late night last night I did the Hawks game with Steve Holman. Then, uh, you know, the Maven and I are sitting around. She's, she was watching Silence of the Lambs while I was, you know, doing the, doing the basketball game. And, and it made me think, too. By the way, Silence of the Lambs, I know this is way over here, and it has nothing to do with anything, but it struck me. That, hey, Eric, have you ever gone to a movie, to a theater, movie in a theater, twice in the same day? Yes. Not like back-to-back, but you saw, you've seen it twice. Or even oh, oh, now you're saying the same movie? Now, come on. I, I'm, a child same of the, movie. I, I'm a child of the 90s. You would go in and pay for the 12 o'clock movie and then sneak into the other theater for the 3 oh, o'clock I'm movie. Oh, I'm not talking about that. You're talking about just I'm sitting talking there about, and watching watch the same movie the same twice? movie? No, I yes, in one day. Not that I can recall. I probably had when I was a teenager, but I, don't, I can't remember. All right, so I've done it three times. And the only, the only reason I've done it three times is I went to like a matinee on opening day of three different movies, and I loved the movie so much that I went back at dinner time. This happened three times in my life, and was talking about it so much at dinner time that other people who said, "I want to go, I want to go," I said, "Well, let's go tonight." And so we all to these three movies, I all went back with them because I loved the three movies so much. And I mean, John, you're just a good guy because you actually bought two tickets. They got credit for I you. I did both. buy two tickets. They got credit for you yes, both they times. Did. Oh, John, you're you're excellent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, yeah. They, so, real, see, yeah, you're yeah. the type to give those real box office numbers. That's that's good. Yeah, well, you know, yeah, yeah, well, I'm yeah, one of those guys. Yeah. I like I buy one ticket and I see two movies. I I, I, I cheated somebody. I, I actually did that once, but I had a reason because I, the first movie I went to was called Crash, which actually won the Academy Award for Best Picture. I don't know why I hated it. It was awful, and I walked out on it. And uh, and so I went into another theater and watched another another movie um, called uh, Children of Men, which was actually pretty good. But um, anyway, so three times I see a movie and a matinee because I'm so excited to see the movie when it first comes out. And so I go to like the, the first showing on the and then I go to dinner and I'm talking about the movie and I'm, I'm getting everybody excited and they all want to go see the movie. And so I said, well, let's go see it. And all of us go. And this is like three different sets of people here. Uh, totally different sets of people here in my family. And we all went to see it at night and I went to see it again. Those three movies were Silence of the Lambs and uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark and uh, Terminator 2. So, three, three of my favorite films of all time. Gr- great films. So she's watching Silence of the Lambs. So I'm like, oh, I want to watch that again from the beginning, don't you? Because know, I haven't seen it now probably in 
because I'm watching the True Detective thing, right, with Jodie Foster. I don't know if you, anybody out there watching True Detective right now. Everybody's and, uh, watching see, it. Everybody's watching right, it. Right, right. The guys, and, the and, guys doing the week talk about it all the time. Yeah, and then to watch, you know, to see Silence of the Lambs and Jodie Foster, you know, 30-some years younger again, it's like, well, okay. Because <laughs> in True Detective, she looks, uh, you know, a little uh, – well, she just looks older. How about that? Yeah. I'll just leave, I'll leave it at that. She's, okay? she's I'll, I'll mature. Nice. She's mature. Yeah, she's mature. Yeah. Like me. Yeah. Right. Uh, but the, the the month of February is off to a rousing start here. I mean, we news and game because February, if you don't know, February rocks. I mean, we've already had uh, the Senior Bowl. I've got a note on that. The Pro Bowl games. <laughs> the Pro Bowl games. Uh, the NHL All Star Game it was last night in Toronto. Uh, which is really interesting if you think about it, because normally you would think the NHL All Star Game would want to ho- have the the game in a, in a city that has a professional team. Instead, instead they they held it in Toronto. Uh, we had the uh, clash at Daytona. Um, the Pro Bowl is today. The joke of a Pro Bowl. Uh, Flag NFL football is the come- fastest growing game in the oh world. Oh my God! <laughs> it's, I don't care. It's it's still a joke. Uh, NFL honors February eighth uh, coming up here, uh, and uh, the trade deadline for the NBA. Pitchers and catchers report on the 9th. Super Bowl coming up. NBA All-Star Weekend. Daytona 500. The NFL Combine. I mean, oh, my goodness. February. February is the most underrated sports month on the calendar. So much happens in February. Because everybody's playing. Baseball, basketball, football, soccer, NFL, MLS, NBA, NHL. They're, they're all playing. College basketball. Everybody's everybody's doing something. All right. What about the Hawks? You know, what do we do now? Trade deadline is coming up on Thursday. Do the Hawks uh, trade or do they stay the course here and uh, see what happens for the rest of the year? We'll discuss that next with John Fricke on Sports Radio 92 on the game. Three seconds, two, DeJounte to the hole. Underneath, Anyeka jams it home. Anyeka Kongwu, a 22.9, and the Hawks lead 136 to 128. A minute and 11 to go in the game. And at that point, it was over. Steve Holman last night on 92 9 the game as the Hawks. Make it four in a row, beating the Golden State Warriors. Steph Curry was 60 in the game, but the Hawks win in overtime, 141-134. And it kind of leaves me scratching my head a little bit. Uh, and, um, you know, Abe Gordon spoke for a lot of fans when he was talking yesterday about how, you know, he was he was out on the Hawks, and now they've sucked him back in. Uh, and I understand, you know, jumping on and off the bandwagon. I, ne- I, I drive the bandwagon. I never leave the bandwagon. I kind of look back and see how many people are jumping on and off, and I see, oh, Abe's out the bandwagon. Oh, good. He's back on there. Hope he didn't break an ankle jumping off when he jumped off. You okay, Abe? Okay, just I wanted to check. Didn't break your ankle, did you? Okay. Uh, okay. Just want to check. But, I, I mean, look, that doesn't mean that I'm happy driving the bandwagon. Sometimes I park it because ain't nobody on it, so I'm not making any money. But people are starting to jump a, a bit back on the bandwagon, and I'm wondering if you are too here. Now, look. You know, what's the goal this year? That's part of the story here. I get it. The trade deadline is Thursday. What are we going to see the Hawks do here? I mean, could the Hawks could the Hawks actually kind of be buyers? I, I mean, in in the sense that they keep kind of their core stars and, and kind of just kind of work around the edges for some expiring contracts maybe or maybe a veteran to bring in to help a certain area of the team here. Here, here's one thing that's – all right, let's just kind of lay out the land here. The Hawks have won four in a row. They've just beaten LeBron, KD, and Steph back-to-back-to-back. Now, granted, they're all at home, but they had struggled at home all year. Let's not forget they had lost a game not too long ago at home by 28 to the Washington Wizards. All right? 
So, but they went back to back to back, and now they get Kawhi. If they beat Kawhi tomorrow night, now you will have beaten LeBron, KD, Steph, and Kawhi back to back to back to back. This team is, uh, you know, 10th in the East, and so they're just above the play-in line, but they're only four and a half games out of the top six. Four and a half games. And they have 33 games to go. I mean, if you're going to get hot at any point in the year, one of the things working in the Hawks' favor is, even though Sadiq Bey was out last night, uh, the one of the things working in the Hawks' favor is they finally got healthy. And so, and, and not just, you know, in terms of their starters at their bench, but Muhammad Gay and Kobe Bufkin were recalled by the Hawks. We may actually get to see the number one pick, Kobe Bufkin, who's been tearing it up down at College Park. So one option would be, you know, let's trade DeJounte, see what we can get in return for DeJounte, because there's going to be a lot of people that want to make moves right now. A lot of teams want to make moves. And maybe you start playing Kobe Bufkin, which you could. That'd be one option, all right? Um, And another is to kind of look around the league and go, hmm, look at all these injuries that other teams have. Because last night CP3 didn't play because Chris Paul's got a broken hand, and he's out for whoever knows how long. Zach Levine... Now that we find out Zach Levine has a, um, a, a fracture in his foot, and he's going to be out for six months. Oh, let's get Zach Levine. Oh, no. And so the Bulls are going to be sellers because Zach Levine's out for six months. All right, so what are the Bulls going to do? And nobody's taking – I mean, I guess you could trade for Zach Levine if you want. He ain't going to help you if he's out for six months. Julius Randle separates the shoulder. The Knicks' nine-game win streak comes to an end last night to the Lakers. And because he's got a separated shoulder, he may be out for quite quite a bit of time here, a couple of weeks. And, and by the way, due to that, there's rumors that, and this is just, this makes me want to just take my head and pound it on the table here. Uh, because Julius Randle's got a separated shoulder, he won't be in the All-Star game most likely. And so that'll open up a spot for Trey Young. Open up a spot for Trey Young. Now, Trey said last night before the game that if there's an injury situation and he gets invited, he'll go. It's bigger than him. It's about the game, which is magnanimous of him. But the fact that he would have to wait for an injury spot to get on the All-Star team is just absolutely bonkers ridiculous. The way this man is treated is just (sighs) drives me insane. Drives me literally insane the way he's treated. Not an all not an all-star. Okay. He had 35 last night. You know that, right? Okay. Second in the league in assists, you know, averaging, you know, a top, what, six uh, score in the league. Uh, in, in a couple of games here, he's going to become, he'll qualify to become on the all-time assist leaders. Okay. In a couple of games, he'll, he'll get the minimum qualification to be on the list for all-time assist leaders when he qualifies in a couple of games before the all-star break. He will immediately become in average assists per game, the fourth best in NBA history. Fourth best in NBA history. He'll be number four all time. Did you see in assists this, per game? Did you see the stat they put up with him when he was getting interviewed in the post game? Well, I saw all the stats. I mean, how many thirty-five and ten games, and this right. and that, and thirty and tens, and right, all those, all the stats. Yeah. But his assists that you're talking about, he had his like. 150th straight game of five-plus assists, which is, like, one of the top streaks of all time. And I, I saw that. I was like, really? Wow. But, yeah, he, you know, he's a he's a very, very, very good passer and, and just general on the floor. He does, he does really good getting everybody involved. 
This is a great player. And well, his defense is no good. Really? Okay. Um, you know he's in the top seven and steals in the NBA, right? I, I'm just saying he's in the top seven of steals in the NBA. Had a huge one last night. Anyway. So, uh, and then there's Joel Embiid. Back to the injuries here. Joel Embiid's got a torn meniscus. And the Sixers aren't sure when Joel Embiid is going to be back. They don't know if they're going to just rest him and have him rehab it, and that's going to take a long time, or if he's going to have surgery. If, he's at, if he has to have surgery, he could be out a long time. Uh, he might be back for the playoffs, but who knows? And the Sixers just got, because they didn't have him last night, Sixers just got worked at home by the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, they lost by 15. So I, other teams are going through injuries as the Hawks are getting healthy. So, it, it, you know, as you look at it, if you're if you're the Hawks, you know, and you're sitting around in the front office with Ressler and 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 – Everybody that's, you know, got to run the team here, the whole, the whole shooting match of them all. Uh, if you're Landry, if you're Corver, if, you, you know, if you're Quinn, are you, are you saying, look, we, we've won four in a row here. Uh, we're healthy finally. Uh, everybody else is kind of getting dinged up a little bit. I think we're playing at the best. Last night I think we saw we're starting to see peak Hawks. This is the best stretch they've had all year. How could it not be? I mean, to beat LeBron, I don't care that you're at home. You beat LeBron, you beat KD, you beat Steph. Now you got Kawhi coming in tomorrow night. I mean, you're playing at a very high level. I mean, you're playing at a top four level right now in the NBA, and they're not obviously a top four team in either conference. But I mean, that's the level you're playing at at the moment. Certainly, you're playing at the top four level of the West. Look at what you just did. And unless Luca goes off for seventy three and has a ridiculous night, if Luca because Steph had sixty last night, if Luca scores sixty, guess what? Hawks win that game. And he just happened to have seventy three. So, uh, what do you do if you're the Hawks? I, I, do you want to break up what you got going here? I mean, do you want to give up? DeJounte's won you a couple of games. Actually, essentially won you a game last night again, even though it wasn't a game winner by hitting the tying shot with four seconds to go. And then two really big, huge buckets to kickstart the overtime route of the, of the Warriors. And the Warriors' legs just went right out from underneath them, and the Hawks didn't. And so they took advantage of that. Uh, so what do you want to do here? Do you want to make a big trade here and try and see what you can get for DeJounte Murray, or do you want to kind of ride this out a little bit? Uh, DeJounte signed a four-year, $120 million deal at the beginning of this year. 404-726-0929. What's the best course of action here? And kind of what do you think is the upside of this team kind of moving forward for the remainder of this year and possibly into the uh, into the playoffs here? 404-726-0929. Phone lines are open this morning. Talk a little bit about the Hawks and get your opinion about what the Hawks ought to do. Now, here's kind of how I view it. The Hawks are not the NBA world champions. They're just not. We all understand that, right? However, I think that they could be an interesting team. I think they can actually make a run at a top six spot. They're four and a half games back, and uh, if you can make a run at a top six and avoid the play-in, at least get it to, you know, seven or eight where you can have a home game because right now they're 10. They'd have to go road-road. And they'd have to play twice. But if you can get to seven and have a home game and win that and only have one, that'd be, that would be a better thing to be. But to get into the top six here, I think they've got a chance. So I'm not sure that I wouldn't – I'm not sure I'd make a big move right now. I mean, I was kind of – it's so funny how a week changes everything. I said, you know, the Hawks had entered the zip code of blow it up after the Washington loss because they had – but they've turned it around. And so I'm like, all right, uh, do I trust that this team won't go right back into the tank? They won three in a row, lost four in a row. Now they've won four in a row. 
Are they going to go right back into the tank, or are we seeing a team that now as you look around the league with Julius Randle and Joel Embiid, and, and I, obviously we're not going to be playing all these teams, and CP3 last night and Zach Levine uh, and all these major injuries to major players, and you're healthy, I don't know, maybe you roll the dice. What do you think? Let's go to uh, AJ. He's on with John. AJ, good morning to you. Hey, morning, hey, AJ. John. How you doing, sir? Good, man. Hey, so um, I love the show. We've actually been on a couple times. I'm the uh, lead journalist over here at Hawkscan TV. Um, you guys have had Alex on there a couple times, and and I yeah, think great. you bring up very valid points. Um, the Hawks just got to keep playing basketball, man. This is a long season. There's going to be a lot of ups and downs. Um, to your point, the injuries change the landscape for a bunch of teams. Um, and from what I've seen, we've been seeing Trey just play absolutely possessed basketball. And if he keeps that kind of level level up, I just, you know, I do think we can make a run at that sixth spot. Uh, this, this trade deadline, I believe, is going to, you know, show us kind of what direction the franchise is thinking. But, you know, you got you to gotta string wins together, and the Hawks are doing it at a good time. All right, AJ, let's kind of work backwards here. Let's go. Let's rewind this back four years ago. Uh, the Hawks go into uh, Madison Square and uh, against Julius Randle, and Trey gets spit on, and then he's bowing at Madison Square, and they win that series. They go into Philadelphia and beat Joel Embiid in Game 7 in Philadelphia. Then they go to Milwaukee. They have Giannis on the ropes, and then Trey steps on the official's uh, you know foot, and that's that. That was kind of peak Trey. I, I, now I'm going to flash forward to this past offseason. In this past offseason, Quinn Snyder said to Trey, look, you need to go back to being logo Trey. Okay, we need logo Trey back. We need that guy back. You know, we need mini Steph, logo Trey. Guess what he did last night? There's another logo shot last night. We're starting to see logo Trey, I think, for the first time since that run to the Eastern Conference Finals. We're seeing logo Trey back. And you're you're absolutely correct. He actually brought that up, I think, uh, in his press conference. I forget if it was last night or the Suns game. But basically what that does to the defense is, I mean, it just creates so much open floor space for Trey to operate. So if he's hitting those shots, that's when he can start penetrating, start using his playmaking and passing ability. And that's what we've seen these, you know, this stretch that we've been on um, in the last four games or so. So you absolutely correct. And I think Quinn has unlocked another point that they've uh, really been a common theme this season in terms of his defense. This guy, Trey is, I, I'd be curious to see what the stat is, but he has got to be top five in taking charges. This has absolutely changed how he plays the game defensively in a way that a shorter defender can impact the game defensively, not to mention that he's averaging about a steal a game. So Trey is doing all the right things. I think Quinn is pushing all the right buttons. The team, to your point, has just not been healthy. I think the game against on uh, the Lakers was the first time we had our solid front eight actually be able to take the floor at one time um deandre hunter being out whatever hawks fans say about him i know he's kind of a a polarizing figure he is one of he is a top defender and a perimeter defender in this league and i think he has brought that back to us since coming back on his return even though in spot minutes it's been it's been beneficial to have him back so all right i'm curious i got i got i got 30 seconds aj i I gotta ask you what do you do now i mean trade deadline is, is is thursday what what do you think what do you do what do you think the hawks do Listen, I'm doubling down. I've been saying this on our Twitter shows. I've been saying this on to anyone we've been talking to. I keep the team. I love the trio of DeJounte, Trey, and Jalen. I think a lot of franchises would really love to start with that trio or build around that trio. I think the Hawks stand pat and see where the season takes them. Do like we have in the past couple of years. If you make moves, do it in the offseason. Let's just, let's just finish it out and see what it is. And, you know, we'll, we'll be there for the ride. 
Yeah, I'm wondering if they're starting to think that too here. That's why I'm asking the question. Ricky and Will, hang on. Quick break. Breaks are short on the weekends. There's no update. And uh, your call is 404-726-0929. What do the Hawks do now with the trade deadline? Is it a foregone conclusion that they're getting rid of DeJounte Murray and kind of packing it in? Or does this give you hope that they might be able to see something out of the rest of the year in the postseason? John Fricky on Sports Radio 90 time the game. Interesting Sunday ahead on Sports Radio 90 time the game. Of course, today we get the uh, the flagpole for, for the NFL. But w- what we're looking at now is uh, a couple of things. We'll get into the Hawks uh, a little bit more with you uh, and your calls in just a second. I do want to say Falcons are going to make big news this week. The introductory news conference of uh, Raheem Morris will be coming up tomorrow at 2 o'clock, and we will carry it live here on Sports Radio 90 time the game, 2 o'clock live tomorrow. And then uh, Dukes and Bell have uh, both uh, Raheem Morris and Terry Fontenot live at 440. So uh, mark that down. And we'll talk about the Falcons a little bit later in the show. I've got a question about the new coaching staff. You see a, a whole bunch of guys, they filled out the coaching staff. Ike Hilliard. See, Ike Hilliard was hired as the, as the wide receiver coach. I'm like, can he still play? <laughs> can, can he suit up? I don't even know how old Ike is anymore. D- dang, he was good in the day, though. Whew, man, Ike Hilliard could play. All right, 404-726-0929. What now with the Atlanta Hawks? After, you know, taking out, if they beat Kawhi, that will be like almost running the table of, of the West. Darn near it to take out LeBron and then KD and then Steph and then Kawhi. That would be like, okay, it's not like, you, you know, you beat San Antonio and, and you know, New Orleans. Not that New Orleans is a bad team. But you know what I mean? I mean, it's just like, okay, we're going to take on the best. You beat the Spurs and the Blazers? No, no, no. We beat – no, you beat the Lakers. You beat the Suns. You beat the Warriors. And now you beat uh, the Clippers if they win tomorrow night at uh, State Farm Arena. So what does that leave you to do here if you're kind of confounded because the Hawks are finally healthy? Uh, the last caller, A.J., was talking about DeAndre Hunter. He's limited in minutes. If DeAndre Hunter had played against – the Mavericks in the first game of this uh, homestand. I'm pretty sure Luka doesn't score 73. He may still get 50 because he was on a heater. 73? Mm, probably not. And the Hawks might have won that game too. Uh, so uh, w- w- we'll see here I, because I'm beginning to wonder. I, I'm starting to think that the Hawks may just say, hey, we're going to, I think we're going to dance. But I could be wrong here too. Let's go to. Um, Let's go to Will. He joins John uh, this morning. Hey, Will. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's, how's it going, John? <clears throat> hey, I told everybody when a horse was struggling, I was like, man, this is not a fair evaluation on a horse because the way the team constructed was constructed this year, nobody, no main player could, could afford to get hurt for this team. So when DeAndre went out and they were struggling, I said, no, nah, just wait and let's see them fully healthy before you make your determination. And just like I thought, I said they was going to take off a little bit once he got back. But if I was the Hawks organization right now, I would I would be out there looking for a trade to make the team better. And, you know, I, I would start off, first of all, finding me if I could find another big, an offensive big in a, in a, in a replace of Capella. Because, like I, I tell everybody, too, when the Hawks start and Adam goes on the floor, it's, Offensively, it's four and five. Like he's not an offensive threat, even though he could do a little bit on the defensive end. I think if if I'm on the Hawks, I'm trying to find me another big, an offensive big, so where we could get those easy points. Because a lot of times when the Hawks do struggle, 
is because Trey and them, the little floaters, the little things, just not falling. We don't have that one player who we can say, like, let me get a bucket. Get his ball to him, let's get a bucket right quick. So that's if I was the host, that's what I would do. Appreciate it. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, well, I will say last night, Clint had a really good game. And, uh, and Okongwu had another really good game. If, look, look at it this way. If Trey is off the table, right? If Trey's off the table and you're another team and you're, I don't know, the Lakers or, I don't know, pick a team that's in contention there. Indiana's already made a big trade with the Siakam deal. If you're, you know, Cleveland or Boston or whomever, right? Uh, if you're looking at adding to your team for the potential of making a title run here and you look at the Atlanta Hawks and Trey is off the table, okay? And Jalen Johnson's off the table because the Hawks don't want to trade him either because of his, his potential. Who are you looking at here? Who do you want to try and snipe from the team? Do you want DeJounte? Do you want Bogey because he's cheaper and he's a, a, a six-man off the bench? Do you want Okongwu because suddenly, oh, there are times where Okongwu is out there. He's better than Clint. Both had really good games last night. Okongwu 22-16, and 16, big plays, big jumpers. I mean, there are times where you say Okongwu kind of disappears at times, but at the times that he's playing big, he is better than Clint Capella. He just is. And it's like, okay, I mean, are we starting to see him round into shape? Is he starting to catch on here? Are we going to, is this really going to happen? Could you trade Clint Capella and get something in return? How, how do you think this all plays out? I do agree with what Will said, though. I'm starting to lean towards, I think the Hawks are going to make whatever deal they make, isn't just going to be about draft picks in the future. It's going to be about trying to improve the team now. Let's, which is odd. I would never have said this 10 days ago. Ricky, welcome to the show. You're on with John. Hey, Ricky. Hey, thank you, John. Good to hear you. You know, John, first of all, we beat the Lakers the other night. They didn't have Anthony Davis. We we are so short, like Capella. Like, he gets the ball, he dunks, he looks really good because uh, Trey makes him look good, but he can never come up with his own shot. I'd love to trade him for the kid from Utah. He's seven-footer, Kessler. Cause we don't have any – our big men are terrible. And I don't know where these people are coming up with – uh, trading DeJounte. The Hawks have never said they wanted that. It's the same people have said that Arthur Blank wanted Belichick. Arthur Blank never said that. I don't know where our fans and radio station come up with these things. What do you think well, about that? Well, well, Ricky, I mean, he did invite uh, Belichick down to the Yakata. I mean, they're, they're, they're breaking yeah, bread on the he, yacht. He never said that's well, my man. Yeah, well, well, he's never going to say that because he's not going to talk to the media about it. But I think we can extrapolate that you know he's not he's not inviting Bill Belichick down to the yacht just because they're buddies. Right. Well, when did the Hawks say we're we're going to we're looking to trade Dejounte? Nobody said that. Ron, Landry said at the beginning of the year we're going to try to get through the season, and I think they're saving up to get a big man. They really are like somebody like a KAT or somebody that would make a big difference on this team. We we've got the perimeter shooters. You know, when we made our run years ago, Gallinari, 6'11", could give you 20 and 10. That was a big difference. We don't have that. We don't have anybody 6'11", or 7 foot can do that. I truly think if we got a big man, legitimate, we could go a long ways to the playoff. No, I mean, I agree. I mean, I think their bench, you know, in the run was really, you know, spectacular at times. Appreciate it, Ricky. I mean, Lou Williams was great, and... You know, Kevin Herter, this was one of the reasons I think that there was the fallout within the Hawks organization between Travis Slank and, and management, uh, Nick Ressler and what have you, was because there was, you know, a disagreement over the over the DeJounte trade. Uh, because I think, I, 
kind of believed that Trevor Schlenk was against it and, and uh, said, look, you know, I mean, I don't, I don't want to be giving up these assets here. Uh, so, yeah, I, no, look, I have, I have no problem. But even if you, if you want to say, you know, I want Walker Kessler, I want this guy, I want whatever, whatever guy you want to get another big in here, I don't think I'm trading a Kongwu. I mean, I might make Clint available, but I'm not trading a Kongwu. Uh, would you be willing to uh, let Clint and Bogey both go? That's another question. So I, I, how much do you want to continue to dance with what you have as opposed to making a deal with the understanding that there's probably a cap on it this year, right? I mean, there's probably a cap. They're not going to be NBA world champions. They're playing well now, but really NBA world champions, no, that's not happening, all right? So at what point do you sacrifice building towards an NBA world title next year by going for it this year. That's another thing you got to kind of take into account here. I mean, are we really going to see this team in the offseason be able to make a move? Is anybody going to be available in the offseason? It's, it's great to sit here and say, let's go get Cat, but have you seen Minnesota lately? You think Minnesota wants to break that team up? You know Minnesota's like potentially going to be NBA world champion, right? I mean, you do, you do know that, right? So I don't think they're wanting to break that team up. Oh, let's go get Ant-Man. Let's go get – I mean, come on, stop here. So – you have to kind of weigh it with what's available versus what you want to do. So I think, I, but, but this is just my guess this morning at you know 10.50 in the morning on a Sunday morning, that the Hawks are pretty good with where they're sitting right now. And they're kind of interested to see where this might go, which would lead me to believe that there's a good chance that fr- come Friday morning to John T. Murray is still on this team, unless they get an offer they, can't re- they just can't turn down. Hey, Derek, welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, John? It's good hearing you show. I just want to tell you that uh, the Hawks lead lead the team alone. Let the coach continue to jail the team. You see, they playing defense, and whatever we do, the last time we traded a big star, Dominique Wilkins. You see how many years we were sorry. So leave Trey alone, leave Murray alone. They're jelly. Leave Bogey alone, and like you said, let's see what the team do. After the season, go. But before, leave the team alone. I bet you every time in Atlanta history they trade a top player that everybody else won't, we be sorry for the next 10 or 15 years. And then we go and trade assets, and then we back again. So just leave the team alone and let the coach continue to jail. If we stay healthy, Atlanta Hawks going to be all right. That's what I wanted to say. I appreciate it, Derek. Um, yeah, I don't know that the Hawks have ever had a stretch where, you know, 10 years they were sorry. I mean, they had some sorry years in there. But even Mike Woodson, after, what, 13 and 69, was able to get that team to 50 wins in a couple of three years. And, and we had the run, the Joe and Josh run, you know, so so to speak. I'll just use that as a broad term. You know, how many years did this team win 50, go to the playoffs, and just, ah, wah, wah, wah. I mean, a lot, right, in a row. Uh, but, you know, and then, of course, we had the 60-win team, and then you had the team that goes to the Eastern Conference Finals. The Hawks have flirted with being, you know, a pretty good franchise over the course of time, um, and yet they just can't get over the hump. And by the way, this whole trade-tray thing, I know we've talked about it on the radio station. I've talked about it. Everybody has because it's kind of fascinating because of what you might get in return. Think of it. They're, they're not trading Trey. Okay, they're not. We, they've said that they're not. It's just not happening. You're not trading your star. This is not going to happen. If you did trade him, think of what you would get in return. What what would you get in return for Trey Young right now? Uh, Eric Slaughter, you you watch the Hawks. If the Hawks traded, 
Would it be too much to say to a team, I want six number one picks? Yeah, that might be a stretch, John. But I could, the three to four starting negotiation is probably where they would start. And they probably would settle for a three plus a, you know, how many of them are protected is the question. Probably, probably put three in a second rounder and at least a one player. You need one player. You need some scoring to come back. You can't just trade them away from draft picks. You need some score because then you're walking 30 points out the door. You got to have some scoring come back. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, I'm not trying to speculate on his trade value at the moment. It would be ginormous. I mean, it'd be like a Herschel Walker trade. I mean, you would get oh, yeah. three yeah. players, three number ones, and a two. I mean, yeah. it would be yeah. like yeah. you know, stupid what you get in return, and then you'd be flipping players to other teams for other draft picks. I mean, you could rebuild a franchise right. you off could one turn, trade. You could turn that to probably six or seven picks in the future, probably. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. You could you could flip all that into into a franchise changing moment, but but you wouldn't. But still, you, you you're not going to do it because you know everybody knows, right? You trade Trey Young. Guess what's going to happen? The man is what 25, 26? You you trade Trey Young. You know what's going to happen, right? What's that? He's going to win three. He's going <laughs> to win three NBA World Titles somewhere and that, else. And, and that's what the caller was saying. We have ten years of misery. Like what happened? How how come that didn't be for us? Yeah, you're right. Absolutely. How the hell do we trade yeah, Trey Young? Oh yeah, if he goes right. to another uniform. Yeah, Garrett, he getting a statue in the ring and and a banner and all that stuff. Oh yeah. And he won't be a hawk. He'll be a Celtic. He'll be a Laker. You know, he'll he'll suddenly be. Oh, it's it's like Trey the Laker. I mean, oh my God, would that just make me puke? Ugh. No, I, you got a superstar. You don't trade him. And, and the Hawks held on to Dominique until kind of the end there. Dominique in a Celtics jersey. I always said this: Dominique in a Celtics jersey, Dale Murphy in a Phillies jersey, Glavin in a Mets jersey, Matt Ryan in a Colts jersey. I don't know. I mean, it, it, all of it just didn't work. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, I remember seeing Dominique in that Celtics jersey. It wasn't the same Dominique. He was about 15, 20 no. pounds heavier. He, he, he the, the rise was definitely gone. I mean, he was, uh, you know, you, he was one of those guys when he'd jump up, can I, how many pieces of paper can I slide under his feet? He was not the same guy. He was not the same guy. Even in Orlando, he wasn't the same guy. So, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we had I the know. best of Dominique. We've had the best of him for sure. Yeah, man, and he's a hawk for life, obviously. Look at what he does now for a living, right? Exactly. Uh, so, um, quick break here. We're going to work the Falcons in here after the top of the hour. Uh, Raheem Morris's news conference is coming up tomorrow at 2 o'clock. We're going to carry it live on Sports Radio 92 on the game. And as we do, I have a question for you in regards to Raheem, who has hired a, a staff, a full staff of coaches now. All right, uh, we'll do that next. On this Sunday morning, live on Sports Radio 929, the game with John Fricky. Back in a moment. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.